there, you know, no matter our station in life, no matter where we find ourselves today, I can tell you, young, old, rich, poor, really doesn't matter. Worry is something that we're all experiencing. Worry and anxiety. Now, people may be handling it differently. There are some people that worry less than others. That's personalities are different. You know, we, we all have different ways that we process all things. But no one is exempt. No one is exempt from worry and anxiety entirely. It, it just doesn't exist. And Jesus knew this, that, that in some capacity there will be worry in our life. There will be anxiety. There will be things. And, and this time, if there ever is a time, during this season of what our nation and what our world and, and what our individual lives, what we're going through, there's going to be some worry and there's going to be some anxiety. And Jesus wanted to teach us how to deal with these emotions. And then I'm glad he did because this has helped me a lot. And I hope it helps you some of the things you're going to share today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. If you look at Matthew chapter 6, verses uh, 25 to 34, we'll be putting that on our screens. But if you have your Bibles, you can open those up. Or if you have your device and that's where you read your scripture, feel free to do that. But we're going to start in uh, verse 25, and this is what it says. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Now, this is Jesus speaking. Whether you have enough food and drink or clothes, enough clothes to wear, isn't life more important than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he certainly, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, Jesus is saying. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything. Wherever you are, say that with me. Everything. Everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Now, Jesus used in this translation the word worry four times in that passage we just read. And in fact, there's a couple of times where worries was in there, so that would really be a total of six times. But Jesus is saying here not to worry about everyday life, what you'll eat, drink, and wear. And finally, Jesus says don't worry about tomorrow. 
The words of Jesus indicate, though, through that passage we just read, the words of Jesus indicate that we, all of us, can live free from anxiety and worry in our lives. And I'm going to talk about that, how that works. In fact, it is God's plan. It is God's perfect will to live free for each of us, for you, for me, to live free from these negative emotions. That's his will, and that is his plan. And so there's a few things I want to talk about today, but I do want to make it clear that God's desire is that we live in peace. It is his absolute desire that we live in peace. Jesus is saying in this scripture that we read to be assured, to be confident in him. That's really one of the clear things that he's saying. And he's also giving us what I believe to be clear instructions on how to live our lives while worry and anxiety and even fear swirls all around us. And I'm going to tell you, if you watch that video, watch any news, anything at all, worry, anxiety, and fear is swarming all around the world that we live in. There's just no question about it. More than it ever has in in any time I can ever remember. So a few points I want to make today. The first one is, our lives here on earth, I'm making this what Jesus is saying. I'm going to try to illuminate some of these things for you today. Our lives here on earth are more important than clothing and food. Now you might say, well, that seems to be obvious. But Jesus is using this as an example. He's using this as an example to let us know not to prioritize the physical food, the material clothes, to not prioritize the physical and material things in our lives. That's not a priority. Jesus is asking in the scripture there somewhat rhetorically, I believe, but isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Well, we would say, well, yeah, sure it is. But Jesus is saying, isn't it more than? See, that indicates to me when he's saying that, isn't it more than? He's clearly stating that there is something greater, that there is something more significant out there for us as Christ followers to to be concerned with, to put our priority on. Now, Luke's version of this, when Luke recorded this same story and teaching that Jesus was giving, he wrote it a little bit differently. And even though it is a synoptic gospel, their interpretations and what, how they recorded things, the gospel writers, were different. But this is the same time that Luke is speaking of here, and this is what he, his account said that Jesus said. And it says this, I say to you, my friends, Luke chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, and this is from the Amplified Version in this particular passage. I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will point out to you whom you should fear. Fear the one after he has killed has the authority and the power to hurl you into hell. Again, Jesus is saying this. I think we should pay attention to that, right? When Jesus is speaking. Yes, I say to you, stand in great awe of God. Fear him and fear him. Now, again, as most times in the scripture, the word fear God is really about giving God the proper respect that he deserves. 
putting the reverence that he deserves in the rightful place in how we refer to God. He's not a God where you fear him because he's vindictive, hateful, mean-spirited, and has any anything but good intentions for us. That's not what it is. And, and that's what Jesus is saying here. That's who you should fear. That's who you should respect. And I believe in those couple of sentences, in the way Luke recorded it, Jesus is saying this, keep your eye on the big picture. Keep your eye on what matters. Stay focused. Let's put it that way. Stay focused on what really matters. We should not be concerned with food and clothing and 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 examples, whatever they may, of things of this world. We need to be focused. And I would even say the word I like to use sometimes is hyper-focused. We need to be hyper-focused on our spiritual condition, on our spiritual condition and the salvation of our soul. Because if you read what Luke said there, you'll see that's pretty important according to Jesus. So if you have Let's put it, well, when you have, when you have your spiritual life in order, truly in order now, I'm not talking about platitudes and coming on Sunday and that's it. When you have your spiritual life in order, priorities in the right place, walking in obedience with the Lord, everything else will work out. Did I hear amen there? Let me make sure. I'm going to get my phone and say, amen, Pastor Billy and sin. It's true. Everything else will work out. When you take care of the spiritual aspects in your life, and now this, when I say take care, I mean spend time nourishing them, nurturing them, developing them, and not worrying about unnecessary and frivolous things. When you do that, the physical things in your life, the material things won't be an issue. Try it and see if you don't believe that. It's, it's absolutely true. When you get to that place in your spiritual life, you've unlocked the door to fulfillment. You've unlocked the door to contentment. You've unlocked the door to peace and stability. And behind that door that you've unlocked stands Jesus. He stands there with all the answers to everything that you need. And Jesus is the source of all things good. That's what you'll find when you get to that point. Nurture it, develop it. All of the spiritual aspects of your life, put them in the right priority. I say it like this, I was going to share this with you. Maybe this is something you can remember. If God is in his rightful place, everything else will fall into place. If God is in his rightful place, that's a big one now. If he's in his rightful place, everything else will fall into place. To make things right with God, if we do that, if we make things right with God, everything else is going to be made right in our lives. So our lives here on earth are more than clothing and food for sure. The next thing is you... And I, everyone that's hearing what I'm saying today, you and I are of great value to God. You are of value to Him. Don't ever let it be said otherwise. Verse 26 in the passage we just read, look at this again. It says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. 
where your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? I think so. There's two parts of that I think that are very important. Here's the one thing. God has such authority and dominion over the earth and all the creatures of the earth and all of his creation that he provides the food even for the little birds. Now, for all you bird lovers out there, don't get offended. But in the overall scheme of things, birds aren't really something that's really changing the world out there. I know they have a place in the ecosystem, and and they're one of God's creation, and they're beautiful. I I come on this property very early, especially on Sunday mornings, and, and I'm always here before anything gets started, and you don't hear all of the noise of the day and cars on the road. And it's so beautiful to hear the birds singing and chirping on this property. It's amazing. I always just think that's just a testament to the majesty of God. It's beautiful. So I love birds. Don't get me wrong. But he's taking care of just the little birds. He's the one that is providing that. That's what Jesus is saying. Every insect, every seed, every plant, I don't know what else they eat, worms, any worm they dig out of the ground, That's supplied by God. And remember that word supplied. That is supplied to them by God. And I've always thought, how does God concern himself with all of these little details of nature? Doesn't he have a lot of other stuff going on that he needs to be mindful of? (laughs) He does, of course. But he's an all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent God. Nothing is beyond his reach. Even the scripture says in two places, Matthew and Luke record Jesus saying, Matthew 10.30 and Luke 12.7, Jesus says, And even the very hairs of your head are numbered. Now when I get to heaven and I'm planning to be there, I'm going to ask for a credit because he has a lot less counting to do on me than he has to do on others. I think I might should have something in order to my benefit But but think about it, though. (laughs) The hair of your heads. God is a detail-oriented God. He cares about the details. Nothing. Even the smallest thing, the number of hairs on your head, however many there are or how few there are, is it lost on Him? Nothing is lost on Him. And another important point that he talks about in verse 26 is this inherent value that we all have to God the Father. See, I mean, I know God loves all of his creation. He created it, of course he loves it. But look, he values us, women and men, the creation of of when he made woman, when he made man. He values us more. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But the main thing is, why is that? Because we're his children. We are God's children. And he loves us like that. And as God's children, we are in a place uh, in the way that he created us to be able to adore him and worship him and glorify him. Now, sometimes we might disappoint him as well. But that's, that's, we are special in his sight. We have a, a very uh, specific and inherent value that he places on us. He cares for us. Now, listen, he cares for us more than even the most loving earthly parent. Now, I don't know what the circumstances of all of your parents may have been. I've got some pretty good parents, and I thank God for that. I praise God for that. I didn't always agree with them. <laughs> Had a few issues with them along the way. I'm sure they would have even 
more to say about that. But you know what? I can't imagine any better parents, okay? And I thank God for that. But let me also say that even the most loving picture in your mind, let me put it this way, picture in your mind the most loving, possible loving, compassionate, generous, perfect, if you will, earthly parents. Just picture that, if, if you could picture that in your mind. Now think about God extending that love, that compassion, that concern, exponentially greater than whatever the greatest love that an earthly parent can give you. That's how much God cares for you. It's really immeasurable. It's not anything we can say. And and First Peter wrote in First Peter five seven, or Peter wrote in First Peter five seven, simply this: cast all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. Now, I don't know if that picture of who you thought about as the best possible loving earthly parent that was out there, think about that again. I, even my parents, I don't know of any parents that want to have all of the things cast upon them from the time you're born till the time you die. They want to help you, but what what this says is cast all of your care, and it doesn't create a timeline. Until you're 18 years old and you become an adult, then you've got to deal with it on your own. See, God's not like that. He cares for us deeply. There is an inherent value that's deeper for his children than anything really we can understand. And that's why in the Passion Translation of this it says, cast all of your worry upon God and leave it there. And leave it there. Because he cares for you and his shoulders are big enough to handle it. So Jesus has now laid out a very compelling case that he's teaching us. But there's more. You have a high value to God, but the next thing is worry and anxiety have no positive impact. They have no positive impact. Look at 27, verse 27 in Matthew 6 again. Can all Jesus is saying, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Well, me and a lot of us have maybe heard that before. But here's Jesus, as was his practice, delivering a clear, concise, but applicable truth, something that can be applied and is relevant even over 2,000 years later. Worry and anxiety accomplishes nothing. It accomplishes nothing. It does not move the needle. It doesn't help. There's no upside. There's no uh, change that's affected by it. There's no circumstance where worry and anxiety is applied that anything positive happens. The only thing that can happen when there's worry and anxiety attached to it is a negative result. You're going to move backwards if you're in that. You're not moving forward. It's not going to change anything, and it's not going to make anything better. So I think what Jesus is saying here, to worry and to be anxious about these things, is a total waste of time. It's a total waste of time, and it changes nothing. So worry and anxiety have no positive impact. The next thing is God created us. Listen to this now. God created all of us to be eternal. Did you know that? All of us who are able to hear us this, this message today are eternal beings. Whether you want to be or not, you are. That's how he created you. And there will be an eternity. You have the choice. We have the choice to make a choice where we will spend eternity. And Luke wrote a 
about that, what Jesus was saying before. Be concerned about that. We should be concerned about that. Because we're all created to be eternal. And where we spend that eternity is, is, is something that we should all be always mindful of. But in the, in the 30th verse of Matthew 6, it says this, And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and, gone to, and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Now, as I mentioned earlier, God values us. He values us greatly. And one of the reasons is that God created us to be eternal. That's how he made us. And so the wildflowers or the grass or the lilies or all of the things in the translations that they, that they speak of here, that Jesus is describing, they're here today and they're gone tomorrow. And I think we have a, a little video that we're showing there that shows how beautiful they are. But the fact is they're temporal, very temporal. They're, they're here today and in many cases gone tomorrow. But even so, even in spite of that, God created an ecosystem. He created this ecosystem to nourish them, to, to take care of them, and to make them beautiful to your eyes. If you saw that video, you'll see these, these wildflowers and the grass. It's, it's beautiful. See, God's dominion and authority, God's dominion and authority over nature reaches even to the simple beauty and color palette of wildflowers. I mean, that, to me, that's just... And, 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 and when I look at that video that we showed, and, and, it, and it showed this, those fields, and I saw some other ones when I was researching this, I was just like, wow. Look at how beautiful this is. And God has created this whole thing to take care of those things. He does it intentionally, too. God didn't, that didn't just happen through nature. That's an intentional act of God. I think it was his artistic, one of his many, artistic contributions to this world that we live in. God makes everything beautiful. You know? He's an artist. He makes everything beautiful. But in this, Jesus is making two broader points. First is, if God is so intimately involved with these wildflowers and grass and, and uh, things that are, that are here today and gone tomorrow, if he is so intimately involved in that, then think about this. In your mind, I want you to really just think about this for a moment. And ask yourself this and answer it to, your, to yourself as you think about it. Why would he not, if that is true, why would he not provide for, protect, and care for his children who are created to be eternal? I think that's a very strong question to, 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 to wrestle with and to ask yourself and to answer however you answer it. But if you answer it the way that I would, I take great comfort in that. I take, it gives me a sense of peace. It gives me a sense of safety and protection. Because I know if that's true and I see how he's caring for them, of course he's going to care for me. I'm his child. 
It's the difference between how a parent would take care of their garden and how they're going to take care of their children. They're going to take care of their garden and water it and fertilize it and give it food and take care of it. Of course they're going to take care of their children, even in a greater way. That's what Jesus is saying. But the next point within verse 30 there that Jesus is simply saying when he says, why do you have so little faith? Is this, trust God. Trust God. Trust God the Father. And really, if you think about it, anxiety and worry, all of these things we're talking about today, is a trust issue. It's an issue of trust. Do you trust God? Do you trust God? If you do, these things need to be brought under control. They need to be brought into the alignment of where you need to be in your spiritual life. You do not allow anxiety and worry to be in any place of significance in your life if you're trusting God. George Mueller, who is amazing, wow. George Mueller is an evangelist and a missionary, and at 70 years old, everybody thought, well, he's going to start winding now. Now his ministry has been doing all these wonderful things. At 70 years old, he just got started and developed one of the most wonderful uh, orphan ministries in, in, in the world. Amazing. But he made this quote, and I wanted to share that with you. The beginning of anxiety, now this is a big true man of God here saying this. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Think about that. Trust God. Trust your loving Heavenly Father. That's what Jesus is saying here. Amongst the other things He's teaching us, He's teaching us to trust God. No matter what the circumstances that come our way, now or in the future, God will take care of you. His children. So God created us to be eternal. And your Heavenly Father knows what you need. He knows what you need. Verse 32, Jesus says, These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. See, what you need, what I need in my life is not slipping God's mind. He doesn't have to tie a string around his finger to remember. He doesn't have to write it down on his calendar like I do to remember anything, basically, to do. It's not... Nothing is lost on him. He knows what you need. And I want to tell you, the fact is, I cannot know, I cannot know in every circumstance what is best for me. I can't know that. I'm not that smart. And by the way, just in case there's any question, well, yeah, 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 you're not that smart, but I am. (laughs) You're not that smart either. You cannot know in every circumstance what's best for you. I can't know in every circumstance what's best for my family. But let me tell you who does what I absolutely do know. This is what I know without question. That God knows exactly what you do. What? He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows what I need. He knows what my family needs. He knows what my business needs. He knows what our church needs. He knows what every 
one needs. And he knows when you need it. You can know that. And there's no power. There's no power on earth or above the earth or below the earth or anywhere. There is no power that exists that can stop God from delivering what you need into your life at the time that you need it. His power can deliver it. And he does every day. So your heavenly Father knows what you need. And God will supply everything you need to do his will. Verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Now, that's a requirement. That's something we actually have to do. That's our part. We do our part. He does his part, right? We do our part. He does his part. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything. Say everything. Everything you need. And he'll also give it to you when you need it. My grandmother wrote that verse on every card, every letter, every note, every little. And her handwriting was so tiny. It was like it was like, it's like, like little inscription. Of, I don't even know. Everybody knows my, my Nana knows her writing. You have to get a magnifying glass to read it sometimes. But she always wrote Matthew 6.33 on there. Of course, her version was, that was the New Living Translation. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. He will supply it. So look, as Christ followers, if we live our life according to the teachings of Jesus, all of these things will be given to us. That's a promise unambiguous at all. It's a promise. We, as his children, are recipients of his goodness. Praise God. But those who have not put their hope and faith in Jesus Christ, they spend their life seeking other things, chasing other things. And it's way beyond food, clothing, and, and, and water and things of that nature. The people of the world are seeking happiness. They're seeking love. They're seeking acceptance. They're seeking wealth. They're seeking peace in their life. They're seeking joy. This is what people are chasing after. But for us, as Christ followers, we have a loving Father who supplies them to us. He supplies them to us. It's not the first time in the Scripture you'll see that. Paul's letter to the the church at Philippi and the to Philippians in, in chapter 4, verse 19 says it very clearly. And my God will supply, he'll supply every need of yours. Doesn't exclude anything there. Every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God will supply you everything you need to do his will. Live righteously. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he'll do that for you. So he'll supply those things. Another thing, the last thing I want to say here is that God is the ultimate day planner. Does anybody have a day planner? There's a whole industry about day planners. Calendars, there's electronic ones that's on your phone. They've got the old thing. There used to be a thing called a Philofax. Anybody remember that? Or a Franklin Day Planner. 
And it was all manual at that time. And I remember these guys that had those things, and they had to have rubber bands around them to keep them together. They had so much stuff in there. There's a whole industry around people planning their days. But God is the ultimate day planner. Look at verse 34. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Listen now. In the economy of God, in the economy of God, each day is appointed circumstances that we are able to manage. Each day is appointed circumstances that we're able to deal with. That's the economy of God. That's how he's got it set up. We should, as believers, embrace that. But now, how do you do it? Well, I'm going to tell you one way to do it is to not drag the troubles of tomorrow into the day. Don't take all that stuff that's coming up and drag it into the day. Why do you want to do that? He's given us the ability to manage the circumstances that are out there today. This is a great scripture I'm going to share with you right now. Not like the other ones aren't. <laughs> this is just though. This is just like hit me right between the eyes this week, man. Lamentations chapter three, verses twenty-two to twenty-four. Songs have been written about this. So I, I think, well, maybe a lot of you know it, maybe not. Maybe I haven't heard it in a while. It says this the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new. Every morning. Hallelujah. Some people are new. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. This morning was new. Tomorrow morning is new. Don't drag the troubles of tomorrow into the day. And if our praise team would come as we're wrapping up here, please. Jesus is teaching us not to worry and to not have anxiety about two days, yesterday and tomorrow. Those two days, yesterday or the past, with all of its regrets, mistakes, failures, bad choices, whatever it all is, it's over. You can't change anything about it. You can't do anything about it. It's over. Let it go. Let it go. There's an old thing in a movie, These, I think one of these mafia movies they have where the guy says, forget about it. I can't do it that well, but forget about it. Praise God. What about tomorrow? Well, it might be sunny and mild like it is today. It may be dark and stormy. Either way, bright or overcast, here's what I know. The sun will rise tomorrow. A new day will begin tomorrow. And we will be equipped for that day tomorrow. Don't need to worry about it until then. So don't spend time. Don't spend time worrying or living with anxiety about a day that hasn't even started yet. Or a day that's already over. This is what Jesus is telling us to do here. Does it make sense? Just add logically now. Does it make sense to worry about something that's not even here yet? Does that just make any sense? Now, again, make sure you understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't think about it. 
I'm saying, well, live for today and not, I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. No, you can do things like have savings account and plan for retirement and do other. Sure. Think about it. Don't stress about it. Don't live in anxiety about it. Don't worry about it. And let me tell you, if you're not in Christ, you can't do that. I think it's hard enough for us to struggle as Christ followers to do it. If you're not in Him, you can't do that. I don't care how much money you have or how comfortable your life is. You can't live that way unless you're in Christ. That's why Jesus is teaching us the best way to live is that way. Jesus is saying this in this passage. Focus on today. I have equipped you to fight the battles today. How many have put on the full armor of God today? What does it say? Put on the full armor of God. Well, that indicates to me that at some point you take it off. Maybe that's at night when we rest. God is in his economy. He set this up that we rest, we sleep. So, I don't know anybody that sleeps in armor. Would you sleep with a breastplate and a shield and a helmet and shoes? I don't think so. We take that stuff off. God gives you the opportunity to rest. But then when the new morning comes and we're ready and he's going to equip us to deal with that day, he's going to appoint the circumstances that we can manage that day, then we put on the full armor of God. And he equips us for the battle today. And that day, that day, that day when we get up, we can be victorious in him. We can live a life of victory free of worry and anxiety. I don't care if it's COVID-19 or anything else. We can live free of worry and anxiety. And we need to because Jesus is teaching us to do that. When we include unnecessary worry about regrets of the past and threats of the future, we are weakened. Hear me now. We are weakened when that happens. That's when the enemy comes in. Don't fight today's battle weakened by yesterday's remorse and tomorrow's uncertainties. Don't be weakened by it. Fight strong today. Be strong in the Lord and His might today. He's given us what we need through this great teaching. He's given us all the strength we need to deal with the circumstances of today no matter how difficult they may be. He's given us that. And it's all through the Scripture. It's not just where Jesus taught here. But it's a powerful teaching again. So look, we may be going through, all of us here, this church represents it with not very many people here today. There are some. We're going through a difficult season, something we've never experienced before in our lives. But if we put into practice, listen to me now, we put into practice what Jesus is teaching us here. Put it into practice. Take action on it. Be a doer, not a hearer only. Worry will melt away. Anxiety will diminish in your life. I promise you, he's doing it for me. He's doing it for me. Every morning will be new. And his faithfulness will reign He'll provide all we need to face the trouble that we're going to have to face today. He's a powerful God. He's a good God. He's a God that has great plans for our future. No matter what we're going through now, He has an increase.
He's planned. He's preparing us for something greater. And He's a good and powerful God. So let God plan. Let Him be the ultimate day planner. Let Him plan and be concerned with the future. Let God soothe and heal painful things that may have happened in the past. We are children of God. Say that with me. Say it, declare it. How wonderful it is. We are children of God. And we can live free. We're entitled to it. We have a right to it. To live free from anxiety and worry. So I'm, I'm just I'm asking you today to join me in in putting action and to the to the teaching that Jesus has given us here. Let the burden of worry, let the burden of anxiety, let the burden of maybe even fear rest upon all powerful God, Almighty God. The merciful God, the gracious God, the loving God, the creator. He cares for you. Can we just do it? Not just hear it today and read it. Can we do it? Can we live for him today? Can we trust Him today with all things? Can we seek the kingdom of God? Let us live by that. And that- 